3: 8,097, the fifth largest crowd in Reed Green Coliseum history. Last night saw Southern Miss move into first place all by themselves in the Sun Belt Conference in basketball with a win over Louisiana. They trailed 38-33 at the half, but outscored the Raging Cajuns by 16 in the second half en route to the 11-point win. Golden Eagles moved to 22-4 overall, 11-2 in the Sunbelt Conference. And like we have talked about on so many occasions about so many different teams, when you win, that makes the next game that much bigger. The next game is Saturday afternoon against ULM Southern Miss, continuing its homestand at Reed Green Coliseum. It was their first sellout since March 1st of 2008. Fifth largest crowd in program history. Season-high 17 points for Neftali Alvarez. Felipe Jase finished with 10 points for the 77th time in his career. 22 wins now on the year. That's the most since the 2011-12 season. 11 conference wins. That's the most since 2000. It was a good night in Hattiesburg last night for Southern Miss Golden Eagles men's basketball. This is Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. And, of course, on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. What a place that will be to be this weekend. Big slate of basketball games tomorrow, and then Super Bowl Sunday just two days away. It's the uh, sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. If you want to be a part of the conversation Join us, won't you, on the Seaspire text line at 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. You can learn more online at com slash business. Happy Friday, everyone. Boys, good afternoon. What a win last night for Southern Miss. Yeah, nice uh, environment as well. I uh, I had trouble watching it, though. ESPN Plus was acting nuts on me last night. And I thought it was the internet. And then two things happened. One, I was like, I have fiber. it's not the internet. And I clicked on other stuff within the ESPN app to watch. Oh. And it was fine. It was just the plus that was like buffering and stopping and buffering and stopping. Went on for a while before I could just get like a continuous feed of basketball wanted I to file there. a complaint, but I don't think they'd listen to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm sure the complaint <laughs> department is plenty busy uh, in, in terms of app. It's not a great app. It's not terribly user-friendly. I didn't have any trouble when I pulled it up and, and watched for a while, but uh, maybe I just got on at the, uh, at the right time. But, yeah, we're going to talk more about that game this afternoon. Uh, we'll do that with Luke Johnson coming up in uh, a little while. Bruce Marshall will stop by in the 4 o'clock hour on the Farm Bureau guest line. And uh, we'll talk with him about the Super Bowl and prop bets. We've got a Food Friday coming up. Get you ready for a big basketball weekend. One week from right now. We will be inside an hour until first pitch of the college baseball season in Oxford. Did Miss- has Mississippi State announced a first pitch time yet for, for their game next weekend?
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. 3-2-1. Uh, 3, two, one. three, so three two, o'clock right So 3 right when we come on the air. Okay. On Friday, uh, Mississippi State will start off the season with
4: VMI.
3: All right. So Mississippi State will play game number one at three o'clock. Ole Miss and Southern Miss will start their seasons at four o'clock next weekend. You know the uh, the forecast that I always ask for for opening day. We looks like we've got half of it at, at least right now. Seventy and sunny is what I always ask for. We've got the sunny. It doesn't look like we're going to be anywhere close to the seventy, but hopefully. Over the course of a week, that will uh, will change a little bit. Yeah, there's apparently going to be some pretty nasty storms rolling through the middle of next week, uh, ruining our day on Thursday, but that's okay. Uh, it yeah. happened last year, and we improvised, and it ended up working out okay. But, I mean, how about that tradition, by the way? Hopefully it's not a sign of things to come, but last year, national champion, day before first pitch, Got this big plan about being set up outside somewhere in the stadium. Had to go in the press box. The people at State worked it out great. It was all fine. Same thing's going to happen next Thursday as well. If weather comes through, it'll be great. They'll just have to put us inside somewhere. But one year later, the day before first pitch, there's a chance that we have bad storms again on the day we're supposed to do an outside show at the ballpark. What are the odds? I I think we are going to be set up in a place where we will be out of the weather regardless, and we'll have the uh, the field in the background. I think that under is under one the of plan. the fraternity tents that just got set up. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to be in right field. No, <laughs> I, I think it will be uh, between the foul poles inside the uh, inside the stadium. So yeah, they had the uh, the big student section set up. I think that was at one o'clock today. They may have gone a little bit early. They delivered donuts early and then pizza later in the day, and it was a mass of humanity going to stake its claim for seats for the season which is kind of an interesting way to do it but okay hey it, it has turned into a thing uh, it, you know and that's that's kind of the point is now forever because that just ended up being like baseball Woodstock uh, out there i got sent a video yesterday of a guy in a bathing suit with like scuba gear on his head diving into all the puddles that that were uh, uh, like beyond the outfield wall just because they're doing construction and it rained like crazy and everybody's just like holding drinks and watching this guy you know, dive into puddles. It it became just like this ridiculous party. That's something that they, I I know they will because they're college kids, that they will do every year. It looked like so much fun. Like 19-year-old me, 22-year-old me was so jealous of what was going on out there yesterday because that didn't happen when I was in school. It was just, yeah, go out there Friday morning, put your chair down, you're all good. And hey, Dad, there's always that one guy who's willing to go dive in the mud hole. There is. And never be that guy. It's not
2: me, but there is that guy.
3: I don't know if I've never been that guy. I'm certainly not that guy at this point in my life. And I don't think even at college age I was that guy. But 8-year-old, 10-year-old me, if it started raining, it was time to go outside and play. And I was finding a mud hole. And my mom, for the most part, was a pretty good sport about it. So... Um, I, yeah, I don't think I would do that now. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm revisionist historying it a little bit to say that in college that guy wouldn't have been me, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right, we got a question on the ceasefire text line at uh, 601-879-4395 about the Southern Miss ball game uh, last night. Says, okay, does this mean they can make the tournament? Look, what 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 Southern Miss is doing is putting itself in the best position to have a chance to win its conference tournament. You want to be the one seed. It means you'll get the most favorable matchup. You'll get the double bye. But the Sun Belt is, I mean, barring something unforeseen, and I don't think that something is coming, it's a one-bid league. And that one bid is going to go to the winner of the Sun Belt conference tournament. And so if Southern Miss, I mean, it looks like I mean, there are only five games remaining, Southern Miss sitting all alone uh, in first place. Un- unless they just go into a tailspin, they're going to be one of the top four seeds, which means they're going to get a double bye in the tournament. You just want to be as high as you can, and then you want to play your best over the course of those three days. You'll have to win three games in three days, and if you do that, you'll be dancing. And there'll be all kinds of celebration and if you don't do that, but you win the regular season, then you are guaranteed a spot in the uh, in the NIT. So it feels like postseason basketball is, is in the future for Southern Miss. The question of whether it's the NCAA tournament or the NIT, though, is going to depend on how the conference tournament plays out for the Sun Belt here in a couple of weeks. I'm curious, where is that? Why did I have trouble opening... Southern Miss's website doesn't like to operate on my computer. There we go. Uh, the conference Pensacola. tournament is in Pensacola, Florida. Not a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. not a not a bad. Spot. So, final two games of the regular season are on the road against Old Dominion and Texas State, and then uh, and then they'll head to Pensacola with uh, the Sunbelt Conference tournament beginning on February 28th. That's a Tuesday. And running through March 6th, there may be even a built-in off day or two into uh, into their tournament setup. up. So we'll see how that all plays out uh, as we get into uh, I mean, we're about a little less than a month away, about three weeks away from uh, the beginning of that tournament. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. It is Super Bowl weekend. When we come back, let's take a look at uh, some prop bets. I-, I don't know why it feels like that's the most fun way to talk about the Super Bowl. I guess there are a million places that you can get a breakdown of the matchup between the Eagles and the uh, and the Chiefs. And we might do a little bit of that this afternoon, but let's try to have some fun with some of the uh, prop bets that are available in various places if you want to uh, participate in that. Just getting started. Sports Talk Mississippi, Friday afternoon with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios, pearlriverresort.com.
0: Mississippi on super talk, Mississippi.
3: Let's talk Mississippi. You're going to have some fun with you on this Friday afternoon. Good to be with you as always. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. Heads or tails, boys? If you are making the wager, coin toss, Super Bowl, heads or tails?
2: That's a tough one. It's really a coin flip for me, but I'll, I'll go with tails.
3: Tails never fails. Yeah, they say that, tails but it fails, fails about half the time if you flip it enough.
2: Huh. Ah. Yeah. yeah. You tell Randy Moss that.
3: Always a heads guy. Always Boy, really. was. Really? Tails just felt like it was secondary, like it was lesser than heads. Hmm. I don't know. How dare you? The 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 head of the coin represents strength. Does it now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if the the, the head so. of the coin is always like. You know the brain trust of the founding of arrows our nation. In the
2: back of a quarter. What are we talking about
0: here?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I just you know whatever. Flip a coin. It's either heads or tails. Uh, will either team win the coin toss and win the game? You can bet yes or no for the Chiefs and the Eagles. You can bet yes or no um, on both sides of that. So I you know whatever. Um, color of liquid poured on the winning coach. The odds-on favorite uh, for that, we talked about it yesterday with Lee Sterling, is orange at plus 250. Then you've got yellow or green, so lemon-lime. Uh, clear or water is plus 500. Blue is plus 500. Red or pink, purple, or no Gatorade poured. Those are the uh, the long shots in the deal. I, I was thinking back. When Bruce or not Bruce, when Lee was talking yesterday about blue being the favorite color of the most people, based on some survey, more times than not, Ole Miss has blue on the sidelines. It's rare that they have lemon lime Gatorade on the sideline. Like in the in the coolers where they pour it out into the cups and the players can go by and grab it. There's always a water option. So you can either get water or Gatorade. And usually it's either the light blue or the dark blue. So uh, purple, I guess. Um, So what is that, like the the frost, whatever the light blue is, or the grape, which is the purple? I don't know. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that's what other teams do as well, but um, who knows?
2: I feel like water is good value at plus 500. Because everybody's got water on the sidelines, it's just a question of the, So, is that what they grab?
3: If you are the equipment manager, there's an angle That's opportunity here for you, isn't there? Yeah, and, yeah. And actually, you, you could. could. That there is an opportunity for the equipment managers of both teams to conspire and make sure that they both come out winners, regardless of how the game works.
4: Yeah. Good
3: point. Because, one, you can control the color of the Gatorade, and, two, you can be next to the, the coolers when it comes time, and when somebody comes over to pick it up to grab it, you're like, no, 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 don't get the water, get this. It, it's stickier, it'll work better. And they'll take whatever you hand to them. So, yeah. Huh.
2: Shenanigans. Yeah.
3: Now, Lee did tell us that there was generally a um, a limit on the size prop bet you could make. You you can't get yeah. a, a really big position on that, so maybe it's not worth it. What will be mentioned first during the Super Bowl MVP speech? Team and teammates, city and fans, God and religion, family, coaches, team owner. Definitely not team owner. I mean, I know it's plus twenty five hundred, so it's long shot anyway, but don't even waste your five bucks. That's not gonna happen. I mean, can't you see Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP and somebody, Jim, uh, what, whoever's doing the the on-field presentation, I don't know if it'll be Burkhardt or Aaron Andrews or whomever, ask Patrick Mahomes a question and he looks up and he goes, Chiefs kingdom! You know, something like that before he says anything else. Yep. Definitely see that. But also, the, the standard, which is always always nice to hear, but the standard, first, just want to thank God. Yes. Uh, is great value in that one. Yes, you're right. Um, great value in God or religion, Michael Borky says. Yes. Plus 370 is the great value that he's talking about. <laughs> In this particular instance. Ah. But yes, ah. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> in a larger scale, there is great value. Yeah. <laughs> it's player... kind of a
2: long-term play, isn't it? Yeah. When you're in religion, that's a long-term play. The short-term game is not really there, but the, the, the long-term gain that's available to you.
3: Uh, will a player ah. propose after the game? Yes or no? Yes is plus 400. That's a bit of a long shot. No is minus 650. This feels like one of those things where you could kind of really do some digging and try to figure out if you've got any players who are in, like, a serious relationship but they're not yet engaged. Yeah, who's got a long-time girlfriend? Are they a little bit of a cheese ball thinking that the Super Bowl would be the right time to pop the question? Ah, That's not a bad time after winning the Super Bowl to pop a question. Maybe. I mean, one of the greatest moments, I swear, one of the greatest moments in college football history was the Boise State running back winning the game in one of the greatest upsets of all time with the hook and ladder and the Statue of Liberty and all that, and then running over to his girlfriend and popping the question after the game. That's that's good stuff right there. Great value in plus 400. But, Drop but five question, bucks on it. My question about that is... Would he have still proposed if they had lost? No. So you got to hope that if there is that long term girlfriend.
2: Yeah. Got to win, too. Got to yeah.
3: win. Uh, over under for the national anthem is 126 and a half seconds. So that's what? 206 and a half? Yeah. I, I still like I feel like I'd under. go under.
2: Yeah. I just feel like a country singer, they're not going to likely hold notes a long time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And there is the, the element of, you know, sing it as it's supposed to be sung. And some people are more willing to take liberties th- than others. And I feel like Stapleton's the kind of guy that's going to just sing it. Well, you know and, and I mean? then the, yeah. th- the other question, and somebody brought this up yesterday on the uh, the Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Is he going to play the guitar while singing the national anthem? And if he does... Perhaps that makes you lean more in the direction of the under because he can't kind of freelance it if he's got the guitar going as well. I I don't know. I guess those guys are talented enough that they can do whatever they want, however they want. Love the National Anthem, though, from Chris Stapleton. That is fantastic. Uh, Will Chris uh, Stapleton forget or omit a word from the National Anthem? Yes. I guess they
2: know on that one.
3: Yeah, I would go no. No is minus 900. Yes is plus 500. Who will be shown first during the national anthem? Chiefs player or staff. That's the favorite at minus 165. An Eagles player or staff member, plus 125. So you know you're going to, it's going to begin with a shot of the color guard and the flag. And then they're going to focus on the singer as it begins, and then they're probably going to go back to the flag, and then they're going to start transitioning to different shots. You going Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts first? The MVP. Feels like Patrick Mahomes is the first guy who's getting shown during the national anthem after they come off the singer. Yeah. This one fascinates me. Over under one and a half, how many times will Tom Brady be mentioned? And the reason it's fascinating to me is Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson have gotten all the questions throughout the course of the week about Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady as it pertains to being part of the Fox broadcast starting in the 2024 season. Are they just going to steer clear of Tom Brady Because they're sick of it, does Tom Brady's name come up in terms of a broadcast conversation? Or is it something along the lines of chasing a Tom Brady record in the Super Bowl and he gets mentioned multiple times? One and a half is the over under for Tom Brady's name being mentioned.
2: Oof. I like the over. I think I'd go over. I mean, he did just retire as well because it's it's, it's just fresh, you know, the greatest player of all time. Yeah, I, I go over.
3: Who will be shown first? Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' wife. That's the long shot at plus 424. Or Donna Kelsey, who has two sons playing in the Super Bowl, Travis and Jason Kelsey, She's minus seven fifty. That seems like free money, despite the odds being so against you. Yeah, you got to bet seven hundred and fifty dollars to win hundred dollars in that scenario. Yeah. I feel like the broadcast kind of understands uh, that Mo- the Mahomes family is not quite popular with the public, <laughs> <laughs> specifically Maybe. his brother. Um, Maybe so. Uh, yeah, the-, the Kelsey thing I think would be first. Uh, and here's the last one before we uh, go to a break. What will be said or shown first during the broadcast? Video of Philly special, a video or picture of the Rocky statue, a video or picture of Cheese State Rocky. We'll be back. Sports Talk.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Thanks to a quick text message from my good friend Luke Johnson. I can tell you that the Sunbelt Conference Tournament begins on Tuesday. Two first-round games on Tuesday. Then there's an off day on Wednesday. Four second-round games on Thursday. Off day on Friday. And then quarterfinal games begin on Saturday. Then it's three straight days. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If, indeed... Southern Miss holds on and is the one seed. They would play at 11.30 a.m. on Saturday morning and would then have to win three games in three days. A lot of work to be done between now and then. Five games remaining in the regular season, but a step in the right direction last night, Luke Johnson, who is co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Uh, What a great scene last night at Reed Green. Packed house, big-time atmosphere, maybe a little tense at halftime with Southern Miss trailing by five but uh, a bit of a boat race in the second half.
4: It really was. It was a it was a, uh, a tale of two halves. In in the first half, Jordan Brown, the big guy for uh, for Louisiana, had his way. Ended up with twenty five points, but a lot of those were in the first half. Hase was uh, was manned up on him, and they just fed the ball inside. And uh, really, in the second half, they switched things around. They put Paintney on Brown. And Louisiana's bigs, man, they had 30 combined rebounds between Brown and Lewis uh, at the, in Marshall, at the Marshall game Saturday. And so Southern Miss was like, how are we going to shut this guy down? At halftime, Ladner and, and uh, Juan Cardona, who uh, really steers the defensive side of the ball, they figured out how to crack the nut. They, they put Tyler Mormon in the game and he and Pinkney shut down Brown in the second half. And, uh, in the, the second half was Hase dominating. Um, in in the perimeter, he uh, he scored all of his points in the second half after being shut out in the first half. But absolutely amazing um, atmosphere. A couple things that you'd like, Richard. So early on in the game, uh, Crowley and the Pinkney hit back to back threes. Southern Miss went up early, and then they they showed this uh, commercial to uh, to to preview baseball season. And they used the Danny Lynch uh, pimp home run walk as hmm. as the uh, against Louisiana as the advertisement. Uh, so so that helped, and it was really intense. Like you said, it was it was a boat race, and Coach Bauer always sits courtside. And after an, an official call didn't go against Southern Miss, Coach Bauer stood up and did that old school arms cross glare at the referee. So it was just you know, it was a lot of stuff going on last <laughs> night. A lot of people there, and it was awesome. That's uh, that's
3: really good. and It's, it's cool to see the buildup for a game like that and then the payoff, right? I mean, it's been a long time since there's been a crowd like that inside Regreen Coliseum. The last thing you want is for 8,000 people to leave disappointed. You, you want the opposite, right? You want 8,000 people to leave going, man, that was fun. Oh, wait, there's another one of these in three days. And there is. There's another one of these now in two days. It's tomorrow, and you want to try and get as many of those people back as you can.
4: It's a joke at Southern Miss. We, Eagles soar high and they, and they lay really big eggs. And Southern Miss fans over the years have, have been on the receiving end of that. And so kind of the joke today with us is that, you know, Southern Miss's roster is, is so young in the sense they haven't been at Southern Miss. They didn't, they didn't have any, uh, any idea but to win last night. But yeah, I mean, it it was what happened on the court in a lot of ways. Exceeded the hype, and and I I mean, Louisiana came in. They had a ten game winning streak. They were twenty wins on the season. But if it would have been Troy, if it would have been South Alabama, I feel like the atmosphere would have been the same. It was just the fact that that Hattiesburg on a Thursday night had looked forward to this game for for over ten days. The basketball team didn't look past it and took care of business last weekend. And I mean, there was there was just so many people there last night. Like Rick Cleveland was was on the court after the game. Harold Shaw, who played the NFL. The Southern Miss uh, guy, I mentioned Coach Bauer. You know, after the game, Jay Ladner said that the two guys that he wished that could have been there that night was Corky Palmer and, and M.K. Tart, just to see it uh, yeah. because it, it, it really rivaled, you know, that that late 80s, early 90s atmosphere at Reed Green. Not that gold jacket that Jay Ladner was rocking last night. And so a lot of people know, know, know this. Like in the late 80s when they won the NIT, they had this thing called Eagle Fever that kind of swept up Hattiesburg. So when you walk down out of the locker room, down into the tunnel, they have this retro, um, lit up sign that says Eagle Fever. And of course it's gold. So, uh, so Ladner loves doing that. And, and, uh, you know, j- just the, the atmosphere of this team, uh, the, the depth, the maturity, it's really paid off for him guys. He's two wins away from matching in one year what he won in his first three years. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. Look, there are
3: lots of people that, I mean, you, you alluded to rebounding a second ago. A lot of, a lot of people love to talk about rebounding and defense. And I'm like, nah, nah, you gotta make shots. First half, Southern Miss goes 11 of 25 from the field, 2 of 8 from behind the arc. And they're down 5 at the half. Second half, they outscore Louisiana by 16. 61.5% shooting from the field and 5 of 8. That's 62.5% from behind the arc. You wanna win games, you gotta go make shots!
4: At at halftime, Jay Ladner pulled uh, the the, uh, shooting charts from both teams, and what he told his team at halftime, he said, hey, guys, look at all these shots that were on the rim. And he told specifically Hase, he just said, keep shooting. Like, just keep shooting. These shots are going to go in. One thing that that we haven't brought up, Crowley got into foul trouble early, and from like the 12-and-a-half-minute mark till 30 seconds to go in the first half, he didn't play because he had two fouls. So they hung in there without Crowley. And it was guys like Donovan Ivory, and then if, if guys, if you haven't seen Alvarez play, I, I, I mean, th- this guy legitimately go ahead. didn't
3: he do almost all of his damage in the first half? Like fourteen or sixteen of his seventeen points came in the first half. Is that right? He
4: he did, but he but he had steals. Uh, Southern Miss has this crazy percentage. Uh, it's like twelve every twelve point three percent out of their defensive possessions, they get a steal. It's like 22nd in the country, and he's he's a lockdown guy uh, that can lock down guards because that's how Louisiana torched Southern Miss last time. But yeah, it was his it was his career high in 17 points. And when they chipped away at the end of the half, went on a 7-2 run to end the half. He had a big uh, and one. He drove down and and uh, pulled the foul. So he was a guy last night. You know they had 36 points off the bench uh, between between him and, and and Ivory and and some more guys.
3: All right. So in terms of the uh, the net, you uh, you get a little bit of movement there, up six spots to fifty three in the net. But it, it just continues to feel, Luke, and and I just don't know that there's any way around this. Like the Sun Belt Conference is going to be a one bid league this year, and so it's about putting yourself in the best position for the conference tournament. You obviously want the uh, want the double by, but to do that, you've got to avoid looking ahead, right? I mean, it, it can't be about the last five games of the year. You got ULM coming in tomorrow, which is a quick turnaround after an emotional high. Uh, got to try to avoid a letdown
4: tomorrow. Yeah, I mean they were able last week uh, to to not overlook uh, two road games to get to last night's game. So I, I, I think the approach then is it doesn't matter who's on the schedule; it's just who who you got next. And ULM was a team they hadn't been playing well lately, but Southern Miss was real fortunate to get out in January, get out of Monroe with a sixty-five sixty. Um, Victory. I, I do think tomorrow, of course, Eagles have the edge, uh, but they just literally have nine or ten guys, whereas uh, ULM has only been playing about seven guys. But Southern Miss with the ability to have two point guards, because Alvarez is the backup point guard. He's not the starter. Mo Arnold's the starter. And uh, guys like Donovan Ivory and Denije and, uh, and Harris didn't play much last night, even though he started, not sure if he got banged up or something. But Eagles have legitimately nine or ten guys. They're too deep at each, each position to put out there.
3: Sunbelt may be re- rethinking this Southern Miss decision. First place in basketball, picked this week to win the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, by the uh, I guess that was by the coaches or media, whoever uh, picked that poll. But uh, we're, we're a week away, right? Uh, a week almost exactly away until uh, first pitch of the season. Uh, an exciting time for uh, the start of the baseball season. Tanner Hall, game one. Do we know the rest of the rotation for next weekend?
4: Scott probably won't tell anybody until maybe Wednesday of next week or even Thursday. We've got Oz on Monday, so we'll see what he says. But probably Matt Adams, Nico Mazza, that may be the okay. Saturday, Sunday, or, or Billy Oldham. Uh, but I know today at practice you'll like this. Etzel had a leadoff triple. Dickerson had an RBI single, and Peyto hit a two-run bomb. That's how they went one, two, three today in their first at-bat. So a uh, lot more. Uh, I think this lineup offensively is going to fit what Travis Creel wants to do a lot more being able to run guys a little more. They'll have more, a lot more speed on the bases this year. And, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's developing. Uh, I, I think we talked uh, th- the mid-innings, the middle relief is kind of where the question marks should be, but Osrander uh, will have them ready.
3: Um, 11 first-place votes out of you got 14 teams. I'm assuming coaches are not allowed to vote for their own team, and so that means 12, uh, you got all but two of the uh, the votes for, uh, for first place in the first year of the Sun Belt. It's going to be a heck of a run. Uh, Tanner Hall, tab preseason pitcher of the year. Uh, Dustin Dickerson, Carson Pato, both on the preseason all-conference team. It's, uh, it's setting up to be a fun year.
4: Well, one more thing from last night, just really awesome to see. You know, Scott Berry was courtside, Will Hall was, uh, was courtside. Talked to to Will a little bit, and he's more fired up about Southern Miss basketball than anybody. So I just love the fact that those guys in the house supporting the other sports because Jay Ladner has supported them as well.
3: I mean, isn't the truth that Will Hall's fired up about everything? Is there anything he doesn't get excited about? Like, if you talk to him, is there anything that he is not excited about? I would guess
4: politics. Eh, I've never heard him bring up that. Me and him both. uh, Yeah, man. The uh, the good Lord loves the Eagles. That's usually first out of his mouth. So uh, he he enjoys it. He's having a Luke, good time.
3: hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for your time.
4: You guys, you guys too. Have a great day.
3: Luke Johnson, Super Talk Eagle Hour. You heard him say that uh, Oz will be on with them on Monday. You can be sure to catch that. If you miss it, you can get it as a podcast as well. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We will wrap up hour number one after this. On Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again.
5: Please say
0: it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke completely inappropriate. (laughs) On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: with Gerard Gibbert will be at Carter Jewelers on High Street in downtown Jackson on Valentine's Day. When you draw a Hershey's Kiss, you'll receive extra discounts up to 30% off toward your purchase of all jewelry in the store. Plus, each purchase comes with a half dozen roses during this massive clearance sale. That's Middays with Gerard Gibbert at Carter Jewelers High Street in downtown Jackson on Valentine's Day. Also, don't forget country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford, and Super Talk is giving you a chance to win tickets. Just enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state at places like Southern Business Supply in Meridian, Watts Brothers in Columbia, or at Ramey's Market in Monticello, many other locations as well. You can find the full list of locations at supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault hemingway Stadium. It's Sunday, April 23rd. Ticket giveaway brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. And, and you might as well do it because um, I, 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 just out of curiosity, saw a, a link tweeted to the, the ticket master or whatever that showed the individual seats that were open, very few left for whatever it's worth. But if you want to stand in the pit on that Saturday night for one for one not seat because there is no seat. For one access into the pit, six hundred dollars. Six hundred dollars and people are paying it. They're, they're gonna sell both of those shows out. They're, already, they're, they're extremely close, and we are, months. I mean, extremely close already, and it's months away. I, like, I'm not a big modern country fan, so who's super popular in modern country doesn't resonate w- w- with me at all? I did not realize the kind of star that this guy was. I can't wrap my mind around that, and, and people are doing it. I, I just had no idea that Morgan Wallen was that kind of a megastar. I had no idea. So, how many pit tickets did you buy? <laughs> one card declined. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I you know I, I'm in a. I don't think I'd spend six hundred dollars to see the Saints in the Super Bowl. Oh come on! I, well, one there's there's a limitation there, but. It, that, that just is crazy. And more power to you. If you love them like that, then go by By the it. way, the idea of spending $600 to watch the Saints in the Super Bowl, you want to talk about a fairy tale, and it has nothing to do with whether or not the Saints ever get to a Super Bowl again. you know what the face value for Super Bowl tickets this year oh, is? I have no idea. Face value. Not secondary market, not fees from... StubHub or Vivid Seats or Seat Geek or any or Ticketmaster face value three thousand dollars, and I was told that it is likely with the Super Bowl in Vegas next year that next year's face value will be closer to five thousand than it is three thousand. Yeah, no way. I saw an interview of Burt Kreischer, the comedian, early. He earlier. He was on uh, Rich Eisen's show, and he's touring right now, and he in his tour went to Phoenix for Super Bowl week, and they sold out uh, their show tomorrow. And so added tonight and then Tuesday and Wednesday. They just kept selling out shows. So they were there all week, and he said as, as a reward for the other guys that went on tour with him, his openers, he bought them Super Bowl tickets. Four seats in the lower bowl, 120k he spent on four tickets to go to the Super wow. Bowl for his tour. It's crazy. I mean, it, the Super Bowl is a little bit different, but I, I did see something earlier. It, the the middle and lower class people are getting priced out of sporting events. I saw. I, I follow this account called Footy Scran is what it's called. Footy is what they call soccer in Europe. It's like the, mm-hmm. the slang term for it. And Scran is what they Footy call ball. yeah. It's what they call stadium food. They call it Scran, Footy Scran, And it's an account that tweets pictures of food that you can get at stadiums all across Europe and how much they cost. This picture today, sandwich looks incredible. It's a honey beef brisket size 7 sandwich, which is uh, the length of a size 7 shoe. Learned that today as well. So a sandwich, a honey beef brisket sandwich with waffle fries and a scotch egg is eight dollars, eight fifty pounds, which is ten American dollars. The, the picture looks amazing. That would cost twenty five to thirty dollars here in the states, at least. Yeah concession stands are expensive. It's absurd. But, hey, I mean, like as a percentage of what your ticket costs. I mean, you know, an eighteen dollar beer really isn't that much. Uh, an eight dollar soda. I mean, if if face value of the ticket's $3,000, I mean, think about it. If you spend $125 on an SEC football ticket for for a big game, you're going to spend more than 10% of the cost of that ticket at the concession stand. I mean, it'll only be $12.50. If you spend 10% at the concession stand of a $3,000 ticket, I mean, it's been a a feast fit for a king (laughs) in your plastic hard seat Inside the stadium. Sports Talk, Mississippi. New teams coming to the SEC sooner than expected. We'll talk about it next.
0: Back to the sports. (laughs) This is Sports Talk, Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can book your tee time. You can plan your trip. It'll be fun. Two great courses. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. And there's nothing quite like playing the Azaleas in spring with everything in bloom right around the Masters. It's uh, kind of like a little Augusta that uh, you can play. Again, check them out online, dancingrabbitgolf.com. We're coming to you from the Seaspire. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can do so on the Seaspire text line. Brian, hey, Dad, that number is?
2: 601 879
3: 4395. There you go. The C Spire text line. Join us in the conversation this afternoon. The song that Michael Borky played coming into this segment was fitting. So is this one.
2: Is Jim Ross on the show today?
3: Not that I'm aware of. I hope you like this song because when you play Oklahoma, you're going to hear a lot of it. They just play it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But the path has been played, uh, has been paved for not only that song,
0: but this one as well.
2: We preferred the eyes of Texas there to be honest.
3: Oh, I can I can make that happen as well. <laughs> we can we can get to that in, uh, huh, in just. I huh. That song got canceled. <laughs> uh no, they uh, ah. they just they'd let the news cycle play out and they kept playing it. So. Uh yeah,
4: no, I did I, I, love the
3: resurfacing by the way of uh, the edit from American Hustle. Where, if Bradley Cooper's (laughs) busts into that room and they're all celebrating, I kiss his
2: boo boo. I kiss his boo boo.
3: (laughs) They put uh, the Texas A&M logo on Louis C.K.'s chest and he's all beat up and sad. Turn on the radio and it's Ross Bjork saying, "We joined the SEC to stand." The eyes of
2: Texas are upon you all the long day. If I don't think grading, everybody realizes uh, I'm working on the railroad ripoff, but oh well.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's
0: it's a. Okay.
3: If if we're grading the new entrance into the SEC based on bands, Texas wins in a runaway. It's a shame their team can't do that. Well, that's okay. It's great. Oh yeah, Texas and OU. Their entrance into the SEC has been moved up one year. Instead of July 1, 2025, it will now be July 1, 2024. The Longhorns and Sooners have finalized an agreement with the Big 12, as well as its television partners, to exit the league one year earlier than scheduled. Under the agreement, the schools will join the SEC in July of 2024 in time to participate in the 2024 Football season. What does that mean? That means OU and Texas in the SEC in 2024. That means Southern Cal and UCLA in the Big Ten in 2024. And that means the start of a 12-team college football playoff for the 2024 season. Yeah. That's a lot of good. This year's going to feel weird. I mean, in a good way, I suppose. But everything after this year is kind of getting blown up, right? The schedule's getting blown up. And despite, like, on three today, ran a graphic that had the new SEC divided in divisions, into divisions and said, could Texas and Oklahoma change the East and the West? And it had, like, a dividing line. And it's like, you're a publication that's supposed to cover college football. You know it's not going to be divisions anymore. What are you doing? But either way, the college football playoff you is know, expanding. I'm, I'm- the SEC's expanding, and the schedules are getting blown up next year. So this year's going to feel weird when the end starts the beginning. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know,
2: I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure, though, SEC media days in 2024 is in Dallas.
3: Hmm. I I don't know that that has been announced yet.
2: Yeah, I think that's one of those things. It's like it's rumored, full wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
3: But I think that is likely where it ends up. Ooh. By the way, what a
2: what a what a fortuitous thing!
3: is, is that fortuitous, huh? There, there Serendipitous. Is, there is some <laughs> discussion. There has been some exploration of, and this actually would be good for us. I think. There's been some talk about when SEC Media Days goes to Nashville kind of changing it up and trying to create more of an NFL draft light environment. I don't know if they can pull it off, but instead of doing SEC Media Days that start at eight thirty in the morning and you know they run till whatever four o'clock On a in the work afternoon day? Yeah. Instead of doing that, doing SEC Media Days prime time. In terms of attention, that makes more sense. What are people doing at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday? What are they doing? They're working. What are people doing at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday? Not working anymore. they got to get
2: in earlier for interviews. I don't want to miss out on steak dinners and stuff. I, I, I can't deal with that.
3: You have steak breakfast. I mean, Steaks our show is America. Breakfast. Would still in 6 o'clock, I think.
2: Yeah, but if nobody's coming in, when are we getting the interviews?
3: Kind of work. I, I would hate it if you had to work on a work trip. I do work on a work trip. I'm just saying, this screws up the, the the relaxation part of it. Yeah, I guess you're right. But well, you can sleep late now, hey Dad. It's kind of your thing anyway, right?
2: I uh, made the joke about sleep late.
3: Shut up. By the way, this is my favorite thing that the Texas band does. <laughs>
2: State.
3: Kansas State do
2: that too. Yeah. You
3: know what Kansas State doesn't have? They like don't have the a eight hundred person band. No, they don't have the dance team in the leather chaps. Is that the thing where they oh, walk yeah. back and forth? Well, the band, yeah, like the band alternates yes. while they're playing. Kansas State does that. Like hey dad said, I went to a Fiesta Bowl where Kansas State was playing it, and their their entire side was doing that every fan and you could feel the stadium rocking you literally you could cool. feel it rocking back and forth. it was awesome
2: so and going Gordon, back to what you said earlier about Oklahoma playing Boomer Sooner are you excited for the first Oklahoma versus Tennessee game <laughs> we've seen Boomer that Sooner in rocky years, top. though. yeah i know but we, we you know now we're really going to get to focus in on it
3: yeah, I'll never forget I was at a wedding in Nashville filled with Tennessee fans and the I mean it was out on this horse farm or what at horse farm. Um <laughs> Ranch A ranch would be a more appropriate term. Outside of Nashville, yeah. just beautiful rolling hills, stunning venue. They repurposed a barn and it was beautiful and the wedding was amazing and there was nobody in the reception. Because it was the (laughs) set. Nobody in there. And and I was was in the wedding party, so we got to the reception late. We walk in, and there's just nobody in there. It's like, where the heck is everybody? You go around back, and three phones are set up on the tables, and the entire wedding is watching Tennessee get beat by Oklahoma that night. That was the Baker Mayfield flag. You say Baker Mayfield planted the flag, right? Yes. Oh, everybody was so mad, and it ruined the vibe of a beautiful wedding. But I'll never forget that. So...
2: So one of, that's one of the things, you know, looking ahead for 2024. I'm sure it is the same for Ole Miss, but State's 2024 schedule is done. They have four non-conference games. One of these teams is getting bought out. Mm-hmm. Who's that going to be? Is it Arizona State? Do you want to play ten Power Five games? Or do you try to buy out Utah State or UMass? They're not going to buy out the FCS game. I guarantee that stays. So, but are you going to buy out your series with play all the rest State. of your Power Five teams?
3: Yeah, play Arizona State. Buy out Utah 10 State.
2: 10 Power Five games in a year.
3: Come yeah. on, man. It's Arizona State.
2: I mean, I like to consider Arizona State. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying.
3: Yeah. Might have to Who's on this guy in 2024? If he hit the portal?
2: You know, you're not wrong. Who's on this in 2024? They have Furman, Middle Tennessee. They're at Wake Forest, and Georgia Southern. One of those games is getting bought out.
3: Well, and then you know what else is on Ole Miss's future schedule? USC. There's a home and home with Southern yeah. Cal in the relatively don't near think you are going to see that. That's not going anywhere. Watch.
2: Oh. 10 Power 5 games is tough.
3: Away. We'll be back. Sports talk, Mississippi. It's
1: tough. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like
0: sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
3: So we can all agree that there's nothing original in college, right? I mean, you have... Multiple bands that play versions of Tiger Rag. You've obviously now got multiple bands. Not now. I just didn't know that Kansas State did Wabash Cannonball. I mean, there's no, I mean, copying is a thing. There's a popular, I mean, we heard Tommy Trumpets from bands all over the place this year immediately after the Mets made that popular uh, during the baseball season. I would I would move for the Ole Miss band to add Wabash Cannonball to its repertoire. They need to freshen some things up in their their lineup of music. They do. I think that's one they should add. And who cares if you steal it from somebody else? It's cool. Do it. I mean, it's not like visiting bands travel anymore, other than a, a small pet band that you can't hear, other than like once a year. So why not? In fact, I think that's. I think that's. What, I think they should survey the best songs that are played by bands in college football, and just add them. Add them to their playlist. It's just my thought. Uh, As part of the exit agreement for Texas and Oklahoma, this is beautifully petty, by the way. Texas and Oklahoma will pay a combined $100 million to the conference, much of which will be distributed to the eight Big 12 legacy universities to offset an expected decrease in their 2024 conference revenue. Sorry, UCF. Sorry, Cincinnati. Sorry, BYU. Sorry, Houston. We are going to do to you what Texas and Oklahoma have been doing to us for the last 30 years. We are taking a bigger piece of the pie, and we are making zero apologies for it. This is Texas and OU's penance for treating us so poorly for the last three decades. We made them agree to pay us more than they were getting because we were bigger and badder than them, and we could. And so now the eight of us, who are legacy universities in the Big 12, are bigger than, badder than you, and so we will be taking larger shares of the pie. And if you don't like it, you're welcome to stay in your current league. capiche? Good for them. That's how I read that. Yeah. Yeah. Although maybe they should have pushed back against Texas sometimes, but either way. So the obvious question is, you know, what, what does this mean for the schedule? And, again, I am blown away at the number of people that just simply ignore... Reporting, And I'm not talking about fans. Fans miss stuff. Like, not everybody's on Twitter all day to see the breaking news. But I'm talking about people in our business. Like, on three national, just like not being aware that Greg Sankey, at multiple different times, has said that they're doing away with traditional divisions. Did it again today, for what it's worth. Um, But, I mean, Sports Illustrated has broken that. Yahoo's written about it. The Athletic's written about it. Greg Sankey at multiple different points has talked about it. And still people are like, huh, what are they going to do with divisions? How how do you cover the sport and not know that? It's down to two options. One plus seven. Stay at eight conference games. One plus seven, meaning you have one permanent opponent and seven rotating opponents. That seems unlikely at this point. Or the three plus six, which is going to get voted on. May, may, may I let you in on a little secret? It's going to be three plus six. It's going to be nine. Nine conference games. Because? Nine conference games. Johnny Manziel. Because money. That's why. Um, And you'll get three permanent opponents and six rotating opponents. It will not be pods. Ole Miss and Mississippi State will share each other and then have two different permanent opponents. They will not be in the same group. They will play each other. But that's it. I mean, it's been reported on a dozen times, and and people still question, like, what's it going to be? It's going to be that. The question is, what are the teams going to be? And, and for the record, I don't hate the pods idea. I don't I, I'm not sure why that was kind of kicked away and dismissed so quickly. You could go four, four team pods uh, where you play the three teams in your pod every year, and then you play... Four six. teams from another pod, and then, or or two, two and two from the other three pods. I guess, yeah, is the way you would. Just do it. Just
2: Six more games. They 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 make it work. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess basically that's what's happening. Kind not of exactly, but but you're you're not you sort of have, have your own of pod. four teams that pe- play around rock right. every year. Um, right.
2: Yeah, but you are sort of. In some
3: instances, though.
2: I mean, State and Ole Miss will be their own pod. They'll play each other every year and go from there.
3: Yeah. Did like the pods, though. The pods was an interesting and cool I did like the pods idea.
2: The best one I think I saw was the one that had State with Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. I thought that was a great pod.
3: (laughs) I'm sure you did like that one. Um, (laughs) Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated, good friend of the show, uh, took a stab at what the – the permanent opponents might look like, and I think Ross is doing more than just taking a stab. I think this is educated. I don't know that it's a hundred percent accurate. I do think there's a little bit of horse trading that's still going on, but uh, it's pretty close. And remember, for Mississippi State, Jimbo Fisher, and he could have been full of it, but in this case, doesn't. I mean, there'd be no reason to lie. He accidentally revealed. Remember about this time last year I think we was doing a media op and mentioned Mississippi State would be a team they play every year. And he said that like with authority that I know that we'll be playing Mississippi State. Who said all that? Right. Jimbo. We talked about it. That's right. Here's um I won't necessarily read all 14 of them. Mississippi State, Permanent's, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Texas A&M. This is not official. It's not official. Don't hear this as official. This is a projection from Ross. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Texas A&M. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Vanderbilt. So in the case of Ole Miss and Mississippi State, their current Eastern Division permanent stays the same. And if you are a bulldog fan or a rebels fan, I don't think you get anything to complain about with those. Nope.
2: No. Nah. No.
3: Nah. The LSU
2: is is LSU is always going to be a tough game, but that's such a historical game that you want you want to keep it.
3: Yeah, you want to play LSU every year if you're old Miss. You want to play LSU history. if you're an old Miss fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see some of the other ones. Right. Alabama.
2: I can't wait. Oh, go ahead. I can't wait to tell the Alabama fans goodbye this this fall. I don't want to see
3: you back in this stadium for at least five years. Do not come back. For Alabama, it's Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. Good.
2: I told you all this morning, I really think they they should create another matchup there. I think instead of LSU, they should give Alabama Texas.
3: I say, I just, give them Georgia. <laughs> I just
2: feel like I just feel like they're going to give Texas and Oklahoma, A and M, and Arkansas and each other. And it's like, just come on, let's think, let's think outside the box a little bit here. Got a chance to create some interesting matchups. Give LSU to Oklahoma. Oklahoma LSU every year. It's exciting.
3: I, I, I did, by the way, get a text message from a friend that said, since Ole Miss and LSU are likely to be permanent, can we mandate that Ole Miss wears powder blue helmets with red jerseys and gray pants for that game? So that you have the best uniform matchup in college football on an annual basis? I mean,
2: I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. By all means. Yes.
3: I don't know if Keith Carter is listening. I don't know if he could mandate that. He's listening. He might be. Possibly. I don't know if he's in the business of telling Lane Kiffin what uniforms you're going to wear, but, you know... Well, the players what? pick those, but somebody needs Fan to that let man, the players. Man, nine million dollars a year—you can tell them whatever you want. God, I that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like you know, we'll do a whole lot of give and take, but uh, we're writing you a really big check, and I'm just telling you this is what you're going to wear for this game. What you do for the one game, seven games. Be my guest. It's fine. Wear
2: all the wacky camouflage you want. This is what you are
3: wearing when Ole Miss and LSU play each other. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. That's not unfair. No. No. Uh, Texas. Oklahoma, Texas, AM, and Arkansas.
2: That's what I'm saying. It's like, come on.
3: Arkansas gets Missouri, Texas, and Kentucky. It's not a bad draw for They Arkansas. should be happy. Yeah,
2: they That's should. That's a good
3: draw. You, you know who else? hate that they were losing Arkansas Ole Miss, though. Pretty darn good draw is Tennessee. Vanderbilt, Alabama, South Carolina. Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, they want to keep Alabama.
3: I'm a little surprised that they didn't keep Tennessee and Florida together.
2: Yeah. Or Georgia.
3: Yeah. Georgia's permanents are Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky. So the deep south's oldest rivalry, the cocktail party in Kentucky. Florida Again, gets, you this one's weird. Create,
2: you just create a better matchup than Kentucky. You could,
3: yeah. Um, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. Bruce Marshall next on the Parker
0: Guest Line. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way: right here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
3: Back to you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Time for us to go back to the Farm Bureau guest line and uh, check in with our good friend Bruce Marshall from The Gold Sheet. Farm Bureau, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Bruce, happy Super Bowl weekend. How are you, my friend?
5: Hey, uh, I am pretty good. And uh, you were actually talking to someone who was at the first Super Bowl. I was only in third grade, but I was there.
3: You were at the first Super Bowl. That's really cool. I bet the tickets yeah. were less expensive than they are this year.
5: Twelve bucks was uh, the face price on the ticket, but uh, I remember it uh, really. I mean, Bob Hope was sitting nearby. Sonny and Cher were there. Um, it was uh, a, <laughs> it was kind of cool.
3: So, how many Super Bowls have you attended in person, Bruce?
5: That's it. That's, that's it. The that's first the one, one I'm going to keep it like that. Uh, it 1967. That's the first. That's it. I'm going to keep it at that because I've had a chance to go to a couple other ones, but I uh, I don't want to. I have heard from people who go to these that it's not. Uh, it's it, 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 there's a lot of corporate people there, and I know. I mean, there's. I mean, fans show up too, and it's, the ticket thing is crazy. But it it doesn't have quite the atmosphere of a regular season game that's got a capacity crowd somewhere so i've heard it's not quite as good in person as people would hope
3: yeah I, i've got friends that have been and and you know you get mixed reviews right there I, and i think it depends on the the teams that are there too and the fan bases that kind of dominate as to what the vibe is like these are two pretty passionate fan bases when you talk
5: about the eagles and the chiefs yes have you heard three
3: thousand dollars for the face value on the ticket
5: I think I mean it's got out of my price range for sure. Uh, it's 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 pretty crazy, and you're right. Too pretty. These 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 fan bases will travel next year. By the way, it is in Las Vegas uh, the Super Bowl, so you're gonna, it's really going to be a a hot ticket next year uh, when it gets to Vegas.
3: Yeah, and what a scene that's going to be. Uh, so well, let's have some fun as we talk about this game. But before we kind of dive into props and and some of the fun that people have and squares games and all that good stuff. I am curious as you look at the game itself. Is the Super Bowl a good game to to wager on, to, to handicap, and and actually try to you know play it out
5: straight? Not necessarily so, uh, though. I think this this shapes up as a very competitive game. Uh, but I mean, most Super Bowls look kind of competitive when they get into it. They don't always turn out that way. Although we've had a succession of some, you know, pretty good ones, in last year was certainly pretty tight um, as well. But that's you know, that, that's not a given, uh, because I can remember, and you probably do too, Rich, there was, there was a stretch in the 80s into the 90s where uh, these games were not competitive. And uh, the Super Bowls, in fact, uh, there was one year that the Super Bowl thing had gotten so one-sided uh, that when the 49ers played the Chargers down in Miami, that was the biggest point spread of that season. Uh, if you could believe it, it was 18 wow. and a half, I think. And that was strictly due to that. There was a string of about 10, 11 straight Super Bowls that had been lopsided at that point. So if you can believe that, the championship game that year had the biggest spread of any game in the season. And the Niners won and covered that one, too. But we it, it's been different since. Uh, a lot more competitive. This one certainly shapes up as competitive, so I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of came down to the wire.
3: So, Bruce, I am 42. And the first you mentioned third grade a second ago, and really remembering Super Bowl one, that was about the age. So nineteen eighty nine, January of eighty nine, I think that was second grade for me, and that's the first game, Super Bowl game that I really remember. And that was San Francisco and Cincinnati, and you know, it was in South Florida. You had the route the next year where the Niners just absolutely killed Denver, but Super Bowl 23, 24, 25 that was kind of where I really locked in on it and, and have memories of the game.
5: Yeah, and that was that was a good one. The first one, I mean, the one that you remember there, the one in Miami, that was the second San Francisco-Cincinnati Super Bowl, and we, we've almost had it. And, that, you know, 49ers-Bengals uh, would have been a third Super Bowl each of the last two years. We haven't quite gotten there from the conference championships. But I thought that's where uh, Joe Montana really cemented his place in Canton. He was probably going there anyway. But that la- that last-minute drive and the touchdown to John Taylor, 20-16, uh, uh, to 16, uh, really good Super Bowl there. Uh, we had a kickoff return for a TD by Stanford Jennings in that game. Sam Weich, uh, the other way for Cincinnati as the coach. And uh, that was Bill Walsh's uh, last game. I remember he uh, retired after that and went into NBC for a couple of years, and it was George Seifert who was actually – the coach for the Niners the next year when they beat the Denver big in the Super Bowl down in New Orleans.
3: What's the best Super Bowl in your mind?
5: I, I have a story that I've written where I rank them, and by me still, now this is a very very subjective. Uh, the uh, Panthers. Uh, Patriots Super Bowl would have been 19 years ago so it's what 30 Super Bowl 38 I guess it was uh, down in Houston um, and uh, that one went back and forth Jake DeLome one side for uh, Carolina and the, the fourth quarter just went back and forth back and forth and Vinatieri wanted of them the last play on the field goal I mean there has been a lot of good Super Bowls uh, that, and some involving the Patriots too I thought that one just the way that went so back and forth and it was And that game started kind of slow, too, then it turned into a real corker. So that was the one for me, but there's a whole bunch that could be considered, but that one is the top for me.
3: Do you have a lean in in this game? Do you lean on the Philadelphia side even as as the favorite?
5: We didn't, um, although I can see the argument for Philadelphia. And the reason I didn't is sort of a backwards sort of a reason, and it's something to do with what we talked about a second ago, Rich. Uh, All of those... Um, uh, blowout Super Bowls, there haven't been too many where a team just went through the entire playoffs blowing teams out. I mean, sometimes they would get the Super Bowl, have a blowout. They didn't have blowouts in the <laughs> conference playoffs before. But, I mean, um, yeah, occasionally you do with the Bears, Super Bowl shuffle Bears. and the, I mean, the Raider team that had won a couple of years before that, a couple of those 49er teams did that. Um, the Giants of Parcells that year they beat Denver. Uh, but the Eagles haven't, you know, they haven't taken a deep breath. And that was a very fluky game against San Francisco. Nonetheless, they, they've romped. What's going to happen if, if if this game turns tight? How do they re- – they've never had a playoff game that has been tight with this bunch. Um, and it's pretty much a new team from the team five years ago that beat the Patriots with Nick Foles. Um They only had a couple of close games they had to pull out of the fire in the regular season this year at uh, Arizona and in Indy kind of subpar. Uh, Casey's been through this a lot, and they had to improvise in the Jacksonville game without Mahomes being able to move. Uh, they are ten and three with Mahomes uh, taking snaps in the playoffs. They've won a lot of close games in that bunch. Something tells me that comes into play here, and I would rather have a team that has shown they can win games like that instead of one that's just bullying everybody around. If you don't or not able to bully. Uh, and I'm not sure the Eagles are going to be able to do that. That was the overriding factor in our decision to pick the Chiefs. Twenty-six, twenty-two was our score in the sheet.
3: All right. Well, that could be a, uh, a fun game. A quick thought on on prop bets as we uh, as we kind of come toward the end of our time. About a minute and a half or so left. Is there anything that stands out for you? Anything that you're looking at? Do you have some fun with props with the Super Bowl? <laughs>
5: uh, well, my my fun is don't watch a game with a bunch of people who bet. Twenty props because they're yelling on every play, so that makes it very hard to watch. <laughs> very hard to watch. Um, I like to nibble around the edge uh, a little bit. Um, uh, he, one that jumped out at me was Hurts. Uh, his longest run, they have, they have you know his longest run, and they have his his rushing stats too thirteen and a half yards. He's definitely capable of getting out on one scramble, and uh, and and sometimes you do design runs with him too. But I mean, he could get there. His total rushing yardage number is about fifty-one. So, and it's nothing wrong with his uh, with his legs. Now, it's his shoulder that's sort of been bothering him lately. But I, I think that one you might look over with that one. In an exotic one, um, remember there have been three Super Bowls where the first score has been a safety. There was one Super Bowl that was two nothing at halftime. That was the Steelers and Vikings like right back in Super Bowl nine. So if you're looking for just some fun on a little uh, exotic prop bet, that safety bet seems to come in there. It pops up more than it should <laughs> in the Super yeah. Bowl. It's even been the first score a few times.
3: But did did the um, did the safety happen in the first quarter or the second quarter? Do you remember?
5: The the Steelers game is in the second quarter, I believe. I was just thinking, Uh, if it happened in the first
3: quarter and you were playing a squares game and you had two and zero for your, I mean, when when you end up with those squares, you would feel doomed, and then you end up
5: winning two quarters, it'd be crazy. Well, that you know, the Denver Seattle, like the first play of the game was a safety, uh, and about ten years ago, and then Seattle scored more in the first quarter, but. Uh, yeah, it's been the first score a couple times, and that was even at halftime. In, uh, that would have got you the second quarter in halftime, but the Steelers and Vikings, uh, forty. Uh, shoot, that's 40, 48 years ago. Man, Warren's time gone?
3: It, it goes by in a hurry. Bruce, can't thank you enough for your time throughout uh, football season, going uh, all the way back to August and kind of running through the Super Bowl. Really enjoy our conversations and uh, look forward to doing it again next year during football season. Thanks so much, my friend.
5: Thank you, Rich. Take care.
3: The Gold Sheet, Bruce Marshall, goldsheet.com. You can get his picks there. Don Best, uh, Vegas Insider as well. Uh, Bruce has become more than just a handicapper. He's become a friend of mine, a friend of the show, and we always enjoy those conversations. Bruce Marshall on the Farm Bureau Guest Line.
0: Sports talk. Sports talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: It took them a day of paperwork. Perhaps debate, Brian Haydad, should we really do this? Should we really do this? The answer is yes. They really should do it. The Southeastern Conference announced today that Vanderbilt will be fined for a violation of the league's access to competition area policy due to fans entering the court following the basketball game against Tennessee on February 8th. Vanderbilt will incur a fine of... $250,000 for a fourth offense under the league's access to competition area policy. That's just the credit card limit for uh, one of the kids that stormed the courts' dad. So we'll cover that quickly. That's one
2: baseball player who won't get a full scholarship now.
3: It's a lot of money for a notoriously cheap athletics department. True. It just... Every time this subject gets brought up, I I can't help but wonder why they've chosen this route to go down. It is one of the few things that makes college sports college sports. If New Orleans beats Cleveland tonight on a a last-second three, guess what doesn't happen? Court storming. They'll high-five each other, shake hands with their friends on the other team, go to the locker room and go home. Yeah. why would you want to take that away from college sports without trying first to do something that will make it safer? Because we know poor Nick Saban feared for his life in Knoxville. So why would we not try something first to keep what is at the essence of college sports intact as opposed to trying to get rid of it? Doesn't it just? It does not make sense to me. I would love to have sat down in those meetings and listened to those people explain why we need to take that out of the game. It's a liability. Driving a car to work is a liability. I, I understand that. I understand that, but universities in the conference don't want to face a multi-million-dollar lawsuit because somebody got trampled and killed on a football field. In a court storming deal, a, a field storming, field rushing incident. I mean that, that like it or not, that's the answer. It's now, why the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or the Pac twelve or whatever haven't instituted a similar policy? I guess that's up for debate. But but the answer is liability. And before you kind of, not you, I'm mean, like collectively roll your eyes at the idea of somebody dying in one of those scenarios. Just look at some of the European soccer stuff from from years gone by. It's awful because it turns into a mob. I'm with you, man. It looks awesome. The visuals from Knoxville when Tennessee beat Alabama were spectacular. They were great. And you can do it. You're just going to get fined for it. But because that rule is in place, the SEC at the conference level and Tennessee at the local level can say, look, we – We've done everything we can to prevent this from happening. We we can't be held liable. That's the rationale behind it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just uh, how many decades? I don't know when the first field or court storming was, but ha- has anything like that happened? Well, it has in European soccer, and I mean, every time it happens, somebody gets pretty significantly hurt. I know a guy that, like, did went on the field for an Ole Miss Alabama thing and like severe leg break, you know, surgery whole deal. That's a risk you assume when you run onto the field with a thousand people. I, I, I mean, I just, why on earth are we holding people accountable for other people's decisions that had nothing to do with it? It's crazy. It's just it's bizarro world. Like because because things happen in European soccer. They shoot off fireworks inside of the stadium in European well, soccer games. That's they, not happening around did McDonald's here. McDonald's have to pay somebody multiple million dollars because they spilled a hot cup of coffee on themselves. Because so nobody I mean, has a spine. We, we it, live in a litigious world. We we need more judges with spines. I guess. I mean, I guess that's the answer. Is I'm sorry, you spilt coffee on yourself and you want the coffee maker to pay for that you're an idiot case dismissed like we need more of that in our society you ran on the field with a few thousand on a football field with a few thousand other people and you got trampled and hurt your leg that's what you get when you run on the field with a few thousand people case dismissed that's what we need and yet and I guess we don't get it and yet who got the um if we are taking Ross Dellinger's projected permanent opponents as gospel, which we're not, we know their projections. Who got the most difficult assignment? Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina. Yeah,
2: I mean they got all they got the two best teams. Nobody else has Alabama and Georgia.
3: And then when you go to Columbia, you go into a hornet's nest every time. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. A&M gets LSU, Texas, Mississippi State. Texas gets Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Arkansas. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour. Coming up next, college football fix. That's how we'll start
0: it off. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
3: Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV with you on this Friday afternoon rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. Welcome to the weekend. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, but so much more. Visit their website, pearlriverresort.com, and find out about everything that is happening in and around uh, the Golden Moon and the Silver Star Entertainment Options. March 4th coming up, Trace Adkins Live. That's at center stage in the Silver Star Convention Center. Tickets are on sale now. You can buy them online at PearlRiverResort.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? Hope you'll join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601 879 4395. Give your business the help that it needs through the authority team at C Spire. They can help you with all of your business IT needs. Visit them online at cspire.com slash business at cspire.com slash business. Normally, this is the time that we would bring you the college football fix. It's kind of what we did in the last hour, though. We're going to transition to a food Friday and some baseball, but we will tell you that the college football fix that happened in the 4 o'clock hour is brought to you by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can log on every day to buyfordnow.com. Find out about the incentives, the savings, the uh, availability of vehicles in your area. That's at buyfordnow.com, but don't you dare stop there. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer and test drive one of their award-winning vehicles, including the 2023 F-150 46 straight years. That is how long that um, the F-150 has been the best-selling truck in America. So, we did not get to this yesterday, but we got the coaches poll, SEC coaches poll. There's a bad snub, and not the order of finish. And and yeah, it's going to be a super homer pick, but when you look at I the agree. numbers, there's a bad snub here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, SEC Eastern Division, SEC Western Division, overall champion, first and second team, all-conference. That's what you got from the coaches. So, first of all, pick to win the East, Tennessee. They got 12 of the 14 first-place votes to win the East. Florida picked second, followed by Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, and then Missouri picked to finish last in the East. In the West, LSU gets 12 of 14 first-place votes. Texas A&M gets one first-place vote. They are picked second. Arkansas by virtue of number of points, is third in the SEC West. Ole Miss is fourth, but they get a first-place vote. Alabama fifth, Auburn sixth, Mississippi State seventh. One little wrinkle here. SEC champion. LSU got 11 of 14 first-place votes. Florida got a first-place vote. Ole Miss got a first-place vote. Texas A&M got a first-place vote. Are you guys surprised that none of the 13 coaches who were eligible to do so picked Tennessee to win the SEC? Not one. And I say the 13 because Tony Vitello can't vote for himself. Oh, he would have.
2: But he would have, 100%. Perhaps. Uh, it is surprising, though. Yeah, you would think one one person would say Tennessee, but I don't know.
3: you think there might be some biases at play there.
2: Probably, I was just thinking that. Like, do you? Do, is it just like I don't like that guy? I don't like his team. Screw him.
3: Like Jay Johnson's a good dude. Andy's got a loaded team. It's a whole lot easier to vote for yeah. him than it is Tony Vitello in Tennessee. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe so. You might be on to something there. It is, I think, worth noting that this came out yesterday, and these votes were tabulated before. And I'm not saying this because Arkansas has picked one spot in front of Ole Miss. I promise I'm not. But it was picked before the announcement that Jackson Wiggins was out for the season with a UCL injury and having Tommy John surgery. Would,
2: would have definitely changed some votes, no question.
3: I, I, I think that would have changed some votes, but... Here we are. All right. First team All-SEC. Catcher, B.T. Riappel at Florida. First baseman, Jack Moss, Texas A&M. Second baseman, Peyton Stovall at Arkansas. Has he played second base before? I don't know. But he's a good Moore enough player. was their but... second baseman last year, right? I'm not making that up.
2: Yeah. He's a good enough player, though. I don't have an issue with that.
3: Uh, Luke Mann from Missouri at third base. Jacob Gonzalez at shortstop. Your first-team All-SEC outfielders are Dylan Cruz from LSU, Enrique Bradfield Jr. from Vanderbilt, and Wyatt Langford of Florida. DH Utility, and this is fascinating to me because it just keeps being where they plug the guy in, even though... We've been told that Tommy White's going to play third base at LSU. He's the DH utility player on the first-team All-SEC squad. Starting pitchers, Chase Dillander, Tennessee, Chase Burns, Tennessee, and relief pitcher Brady Tigert, Arkansas. Why would there not be three starting pitchers? Just curious. I mean, we do play three-game series on the weekends. Yeah. Second-team All-SEC. Luke Hancock, Mississippi State, catcher. Okay. It's going to be the first year that he's the everyday catcher.
2: Yeah. We'll see. He needs to have a much bigger year than last year to, to, to get that kind of honor.
3: Yeah. Uh, first base, Trey Morgan, LSU. Second base, Ryan Tarzak, Texas A&M. Borky, I don't think this is the snub you were talking about. Peyton Chatagnier did not make an error after the month of February ended a year ago. I know a lot of this is an offensive award, and Tarzak swings it okay. Yeah, it's mostly an offensive award. But yeah, not the snub I was talking about, but I hear No, I know it's not, but I, and I'm not saying that's a snub, but I am saying that's a spot that you could look if you wanted to debate somebody else. Third base, Trevor Warner, Texas A&M. Shortstop, Maui Ahuna. T- uh, Tennessee, transfer, everybody thinks he's going to be great. Outfield, Connor Tate, Georgia. Brett Minich, Texas A&M. Colton Ledbetter, Mississippi State. Tell me a little more about Colton Ledbetter, hey, Dad.
2: Transfer from Samford, and uh, Mississippi State's hoping he can have the same kind of uh, of impact that Sonny DeShara had a season ago at, uh, at Auburn. Big power bat, I mean, that's a big step, and that's a big... Step, you know, hold to fill, but they really expect him to come into this lineup and be an immediate contributor and be a guy who's in double digits in home runs. But they expect kind of a similar contribution from him that they got from RJ Yeager last year. Yeager had a fantastic season, just overshadowed by state's overall poor season. But if they can get similar numbers out of, yeah. out of, uh, Ledbetter, they're going to be really, really happy.
3: And, and look, I mean, on both, I guess less on the first team, but certainly on the second team, there's a little bit of projecting that's happening from the coaches. I mean, you you are projecting Maui Ahuna uh, if you're going second team all-SEC shortstop when he's never played an SEC game. You are projecting Colton Ledbetter when he was playing at Sanford a year ago. Austin Bost at, uh, Bost or Bost, I can't remember. Bost, I think, maybe, at Texas A&M as the DH utility. And then your second team starting pitchers. Carter-Holton, Vanderbilt, Hurston-Waldrip, Florida, Paul Skeens, LSU, relief pitcher, Camden Sewell, Tennessee. Yeah, I think this is where your snub is that Hunter Elliott is where, not at least second-team All-SEC. Where's Hunter Elliott here? I mean, he had better or as good of numbers as basically all of these guys. His numbers were better, sorry Southern Miss fans, than Waldrip. I know he's not at Southern Miss anymore. Uh, and Waldrop played in a significantly lesser league, a guy that had equal or better numbers than pretty much every guy that made it in front of him, who was also dominant in his team's run to the national championship, doesn't get mentioned before the Southern Miss transfer that had worse numbers? Uh, I don't understand it. And, and didn't they pitch against each other in Game 2 of the Super Regional? And one was flawless, and the other not so much. Now, I, it, it, it's different bats and all that, but still, I just... Yeah, no, I get it. That that um, was surprising to, to see that omission. Yeah, and, and look, if you had three starting pitchers on the first team, my guess is that Paul Skeens would have been first team. I'm not sure that I'm going Carter Holton over Hunter Elliott either at Vanderbilt. But... Do we have any other quibbles with this? We can circle back to it. uh Uh, But when we come back, we will focus on food, because it is a
0: Food Friday next. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you, Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs)
3: It's Friday afternoon with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort Studios. It is 20 minutes after 5 on a Friday afternoon. That can mean only one thing. It is now officially a Food Friday. Food Friday is brought to you by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polk'smeat.com. And when you go to the grocery store, be sure that you are looking for the Polk's meat products. It's that distinctive yellow and blue packaging, and it's just plain good. Um, I got to go and uh, restock on some uh, Polk's meat to uh, make a sausage and cheese tray for a Super Bowl party that we are going to on Sunday. Looking forward to that, and may grab some other stuff to uh, go on the grill as well. Uh, when you visit your local grocery store, though, look for the Polk's meat packaging, and if you can't find it, find the manager of the meat department. And ask them nicely. I mean, don't be rude about it. Just be like, hey, can I make a suggestion? We've got a Mississippi company that has awesome product, fantastic product. They've got great Cajun smoked sausage and garlic and green onion sausage and original smoked sausage. And you don't carry it. How about we start carrying that? And maybe they will. And if they don't, you can shop somewhere else. Polk's meat. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Super Bowl weekend. We talked yesterday with Elizabeth High School about some ideas. What guys are uh, are you planning? Is it a Super Bowl party theme kind of cooking weekend, or is it a normal kind of cooking weekend for you? Well, what are we doing? Hey, Dad, you're first. I'm first.
2: It's just a normal kind of cooking weekend because you know I'm not ha- I don't have anybody over or anything. Uh, but I'm doing a pork belly on uh, on Sunday. Ooh, gonna, yeah. I got a. Uh, Got a, about a half of a pork belly, about a four and a half, five pounder. Uh, I've, I'm I'm gonna. I, I was wanting a spicy, sweet kind of rub, so I'm gonna create one using two current rubs that I have from my friends. Peanut butter New jelly.
4: Church. Oh
2: no, no. Uh, I might make a peanut butter and pork belly sandwich though at some point. Um, but I'm gonna take. I mean, my grandfather loved peanut butter and bacon. That's that was his. That was his go-to. Hmm. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah. It's good. But anyway, I have the uh, the Meat Church Holy Voodoo, and I have the Meat Church Texas Sugar. So we're going to combine those to make voodoo sugar and put that on there. And sort of a nice spicy, sweet kind of crust on the outside. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing.
3: What do you do with port? Uh, this is the one where you, you cube it and kind of eat it in no, bites? No, no.
2: Cook it whole and slice it up. Yeah.
3: Okay. And then what are the sides?
2: I'm doing a homemade mac and cheese.
3: Oh man, yum! That sounds really, really good. I'm excited. Are your uh, are the other people in your household as excited about pork belly when you do that as you are, or is this more of a that That's look, one that, that the kids it, get a.
2: That the pork belly is the one is one that the kids get excited when they find out it's happening.
3: I like it. I like yeah. it. Borky, what about you? Super Bowl party? Going to got to do sides or? Uh, no, no party. I've, i actually want to watch, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, I especially it. considering what we do. I want to be able to get here Monday and talk about every detail of the biggest game in the world, you know. Um. So so I don't I don't go anywhere, but we will cook some. I saw a, a recipe on YouTube of a guy that uh, butterfly a whole. Uh, beef tenderloin, and lined it with prosciutto and provolone cheese and wrapped it up and cut it and grilled it that way, and it looked awesome. But beef tenderloin's really expensive. So I'm going to get a pork tenderloin and butterfly it open and fill it up with uh, bacon and blue cheese and spinach and wrap it up and smoke it. Kind of similar, but not really. Just more affordable than a whole beef tenderloin because those are like 120 bucks right now. Yeah, four tenderloin's fantastic. It is, it, it, and you can do very similar stuff. I, I know it's not the same, but it's good enough. And uh, so we'll do that at night with uh, with some homemade guac, and then I'll do sausage and cheese sometime in the afternoon while I'm cooking everything else to wrap it all together. I love it. Uh, that sounds really good. I, I think, you guys ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry? It's the worst thing you can shouldn't do. You shouldn't do that, but yes. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to, where just everything sounds good. I messed around and didn't eat lunch today. And I realized that as I was driving to the studio, I was like, I don't have time now. And so I'm in that mode where everything sounds good because I am hungry. But both of those sound really good. i tell you what else. I've got, I'm not doing it this weekend. I'll be probably mid morning Sunday getting home or either late, late, late Saturday night after the game I do Saturday night in Baton Rouge. So, and then Super Bowl stuff on, on Sunday. I've not done grilled pork chops in a long time. And I, I had a pork chop earlier this week in a restaurant. It was really good. I'm going to get some bone in pork chops, big, thick, you know, inch and a half thick ones and do those on the grill soon. It's been far too long since I've grilled a pork chop. I feel like pork chops are underrated. Like they don't get cooked as they often. Are. They're not as popular as steak, you know. I guess maybe they're a little more expensive than chicken, and so maybe they it, it just kind of, you know, the other white meat stuff. But I got pork chops on the brain, so that's coming up soon. What about all of you? What are you doing this weekend? My goodness, look at these suggestions. Let's go back to Keith. Well, this is a great. This is a great opener. Keith and JS. Got me some deer sausage, beef tips, chicken, orange bell pepper, and onions to do on the Blackstone with some corner market fajita seasoning. Throw down some tortillas, and it disappears quickly around my place. Yeah. Sounds great. That is great. Uh, here we go. I just screenshotted Elizabeth High School's PB&J chicken wing recipe.
1: The hey, more I think don't...
3: about that, the better it sounds, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No. Right. Especially with all that other stuff. I, it's, that's really good. Hey, let us know how it turns out. Lo- love, to, love to hear from you. Homemade mac and cheese? Come on, man. I'm good. using all the Boston Gata and Wings, etc. I've bought through different sports benefits, such as a softball team or any other sport. I use them all to celebrate the game. Should be fun with friends.
4: What? You
3: guys know what that means?
4: No. Hold on.
2: No. I'll, I'll I think it Boston butts is what he's trying to say.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Using all the Boston butts and wings that he's bought through different sports benefits. Okay, that makes all the sense in the world. I was trying was like, Boston got it. What, what I don't know. Hunter and Columbus got 70 pounds of crawfish for Sunday. Going to have some deer meat, quail, and plenty of other stuff, too. Uh, Cocktails will be involved, he says. Vance, Hulk's Cajun sausage, chicken wings, and roasted Brussels sprouts. He says, nothing better, boys. That sounds great. Austin, down on the coast in Gulfport, whole smoked choice ribeye. Done like a prime rib with SPG brought up to medium rare. I like it. Pork belly makes good crackling. Is that what we're talking about? Red uh, red in Lumberton? I've seen a a pork belly recipe where um, you season it up, do all that stuff, cook it in the oven, and then when it comes to temperature to have you got to leave the skin on when it comes to temperature you bring it out and you pour hot hot oil on the skin side and it'll turn into like a crackling that stays yeah. on
1: so you yeah. get that Puffs up, like, a, attached yeah. to
3: your bite looks amazing because you uh, can't about smoking it you can't do that do it any you've got to do it that way or else the skin's not going to end up like that and okay. stay on. Delane and Brandon has a uh, a plea for help. He said, I was, I was a little late last Friday, I'm looking for ideas to cook deer burgers other than burgers and chili. Have plenty uh, more coming. Hopefully listeners can help, or maybe you guys can help. Deer burgers? I mean... Venison burgers?
4: It's, it's
2: Burger meat, I mean, it's just make spaghetti. Deer spaghetti is awesome. Okay. Richard, a friend of mine said she sent in the pics, but they haven't popped through yet, but she made a... Uh, Boudin King stuffed king cake with crawfish cream sauce. These pictures are incredible.
3: A I'm, boudin. Don't know why it's not coming through on the text cake. line. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're running out of time. Hey, they, they, look, you, you are sending us so many of your plans. Then we are going to uh, we're going to continue this on the other side of this. Uh, ah, that's Sports a great idea. Streaming at supertalk.fm and SuperTalk TV coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio Our Food Friday is brought to you by Polk's Meat. Visit them online at polksmeat.com and remember when you go to the grocery store, no butts about it folks. Picky people, pick polks. We'll be right
0: back. Mississippi continues.
3: Let's just continue this food Friday. This is one of the best interactive food Fridays we've had in a long time. And some of the stuff that you guys are sending us is absolutely just sounds wonderful. Hey, Dad, I told you I was hungry. I ordered dinner during the break. (laughs) <laughs> Call it in. Call it in. Got an order of bolognese, spaghetti, and two big like fist sized meatballs. Uh, a simple salad and two orders of butter bean hummus. You're good yes. to go. Come, uh, from Tarask, buddy mine. has got a restaurant in Oxford. It is oh so good. You can eat there, but it's great for carry out too. Anyway, um, all right. So here we go. We got the barbecue pork chops before the break. How about this one? Duroc pork chops. I asked Michael Borky, what is Duroc? He said he didn't know. So Google was my friend, and I learned something today. Duroc pork boasts superior marbling and increased intramuscular fat to lend itself to naturally juicier, more tender product. It is at the top of the pork pyramid. Now, am I mispronouncing it? It's like the it? Wagyu
2: of pork. No, you're, you're good. Okay. I was just sad you didn't ask me. I knew what it was.
3: Well, I was my mic wasn't open to you during the break. I would have.
2: I'm just saying, bro. Just
3: okay. saying. Uh, there we go. Good text. So, yes, very good text. Elizabeth High School could make an old boot taste good. You might not be lying. Pat Oxford. Crawfish, crawfish, crawfish with all the sides. We're kind of to that time of year, aren't we? Uh, hey, Dad, would you be willing to disclose your mac and cheese recipe? Yeah, sure.
2: You just open the box of craft. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
3: do you like the powder? You know, or the squeezed I do, cheese.
2: <laughs> if I'm going that way, I want the shells and cheese. I want the the the, the squeeze cheese. Um, I always like. I have different stuff I do with Mac. Like the Mac I made when I brought to your house for Thanksgiving, I had never made that before. Never made that version of it before. It's but, quite good. You know, I just I just thank you. I just make a, a cheese sauce, you know, milk and cream, melt your Velveeta in there or whatever cheese you're gonna use. Velveeta is just that's that's the best cheese for macaroni and cheese. And then I'll add some cheddar or some pepper jack, season it up a little bit. I usually put like some cavenders in there. I think mean, that's a good seasoning for mac and cheese for whatever reason. Maybe a little shot of hot sauce. Stir it up, and then if you want to bake it in the oven, great. But if not, you can just pour it over and let it thicken up, and you're good to go.
3: Uh, Chris in Boonville is curious about equipment. Borky, hey, Dad, what do you guys smoke with, smoker-wise?
2: I'm just on the old Weber kettle. On an egg. Man says he ain't got no money. He's out there grilling on the big green egg, though. Wedding present.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I'm an egg fan.
0: Oh, yeah. Although, I don't
3: smoke a lot. I mean, there are a lot of people that constantly use that place setter so that they can do the indirect heat and can really kind of smoke and get it going around the food, and you can kind of kind of temper down the heat. I, I don't do that. I usually cook on direct heat, generally speaking. And then, hey, Dad, how do you set up? You, you've talked about it before, how you set your Weber up for smoking. Do you go charcoal on one side?
2: Yeah, I just do it one side charcoal, one side the meat, and then, yeah, tomorrow I want to keep it about three hundred, so I'll take the chimney and I'll fill it up somewhere between a third and a half full and th- those coals. And that'll give me around two hundred seventy five, three hundred. And then it's just basically every thirty minutes or so, you gotta go out there and, and probably put three or four more coals on. And that'll I'll probably have to cook tomorrow for like four and a half hours if I had to guess. Maybe maybe close to five. We'll see what happens.
3: There you go. Uh let's see here. How about some speckled belly geese cooked in the crock pot until the meat falls apart with mushrooms, peppers, onions, and then make a little gravy and have some hoagies?
2: I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll sure. Well, okay Never had goose before, but sure.
3: Uh, spatchcock chicken tonight and gumbo for a cold tomorrow. Enjoy listening to the show. That is from Price. It's a fine-looking bird you got there, Price. Uh, Let's see here. Got to have sausage balls and smoky sausages, but they can't taste like rubber.
2: Well, get you some pulks. No doubt. That ain't going to taste bad at all.
3: That was from your buddy Bo in Indianola. Uh, Hmm. Malcolm Reed has a video of the boudin stuffed king cake. Davis in Columbus tells us spaghetti with deer meat balls that is a next level upgrade okay oh yeah homemade enchiladas with deer meat okay all right never, never heard tello. that one doesn't mean it won't be great what the the deer meat enchiladas yeah I wonder if you cook it and then shred that meat
2: Got it. Or if you do it more no, like this is like ground, more like ground beef, ground burger. Yeah. Uh,
4: okay.
3: Uh, Nutella no bake cheesecake for dessert. All okay. Right. Okay. I am, I am not angry about that. Sirloin tip roast about three or four pounds. Marinate it preferably overnight in soy sauce, minced garlic, salt, pepper, toasted sesame seeds, green onions. And uh, use a meat tenderizer. Cook on a hot grill, about eight to ten minutes on both sides, medium-rare. Slice, and it's gone as soon as it is cut. Kids and adults love it. Yeah. I have become a I would, huge I would try that. fan of slicing beef when it comes off the off the grill. As opposed to, you know, if you do a like, steak, as opposed to serving a steak on somebody's plate. like. Mm-hmm. Cooking fillets or that terrace major that I've done a couple of times. Cook them on the yeah. grill, put them on a cutting board, slice them thin, and then serve them that way. More like medallion style as opposed to yeah a whole piece of say. meat style. Yeah. Uh. Somebody says get bone in do rock chops. I can believe it. Yeah. I
2: bet your boy. Boys at LB can get you some Durock pork easily.
3: I would imagine so. Uh, Jason says that squeezy Velveeta cheese, if you can find it in Jalapeno, is spectacular, dumped into a bowl of some chili over Doritos. All right. I mean, that sounds like great late-night snack. It's like a heart attack. But nevertheless, uh, and let's let this one be our last one. Davis in Columbus says meatloaf with deer burger meat in it. Ma! Ma! The meatloaf! What is she We want it? What is she doing back there? I never know what she's doing back there.
0: Met, met her at a funeral.
3: Oh, I missed one. I missed one. This last one. Uh the best goose recipe is take the breast. Season and cook them over a cedar plank for two to two and a half hours, covered with peppers, mushroom, and onions. After you cook them, throw the goose away and eat the cedar board. <laughs> Nailed it. What's wrong with goose? A oh, lot. wow. I never had goose. That's from my buddy Jimbo. it's pretty good. It's slimy and tough. and I mean, I, I guess if you're getting it from like a goose farm, if those exist, it's probably a little bit different. But if you're eating wild geese, you're... It it's, takes an acquired taste Very slow cook Marinate it for a long time To get some bad flavor out It's it's a process Yeah uh, Hey dad Somebody suggested That you drop some of that Mississippi State Eat them, Into your mac and cheese
2: I gotta get on the waiting list To get that You you can't just pop in
3: And buy it Really? They don't keep it stocked in. The, I don't think In the creamery Or Remember
2: the I think that's something is? You gotta order I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah. Somebody said that specks are a different ballgame. How about the speckled geese? Take your word for it. That's a Food Friday brought to you by Polks. Geese hate uh, beer. Polksmeat.com. Be sure when you go to the grocery store to check out Polks, all of their products. You will absolutely love them. Do you like geese? Like, if you are I have never had
2: an encounter with a goose. Oh,
3: they're mean.
2: The Only goose I know is from Top Gun.
4: They're, they're
3: gross. That is what they are. They're dirty. There's a reason for that saying. If you don't know what that saying is. I'm not yeah. saying it on the radio. Oh man, they're dirty.
2: They're mean. <laughs> man, Was it said in Animal House? Oh, there's You'll funny. be out of here like.
3: Yes, that's it. All right then. All right then. Yeah. Now, there's a flock of them at the park by the house. They, all, they always hiss at the kids. Yeah, Like, they don't back down. They'll just stick their tongues out and hiss at you like they're some kind of cobra. Like, you don't have that many people to hunt geese, but I think the people that hunt geese should be given, a like, an extra award. Like, thank you for ridding yeah. us of the...
0: Uh, uh, uh.
3: What geese sound like? Yeah, that was at 547,
2: uh, Borky, if you'll cut that. Uh, I had no idea there. There was this. There was this war between man and geese. Yeah, man. You, I man, have been uh, on the sidelines.
3: You can draw, drive a golf cart right at one, and they'll just stick their wings out and hiss at you. Won't even move. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will put a bow on this edition of the show when we come back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. That's right after this.
0: Work is done Down to down It's time to dig another one How you live and how you fly But only if you ride the tide Balanced on the biggest wave Race to one From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Last time with you on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. It is our last Friday without baseball until late June. You want to count and our MLB last Friday with football
2: longer. until Labor Day. Yeah. The week before Labor Day.
3: Yeah. It's a passing of the baton of sorts. Yeah. Of Of sorts. Hey, don't forget about the uh, Morgan Wallen ticket giveaway. You can register to win by stopping off at Southern Business Supply in Meridian, Watts Brothers in Columbia, or at Ramey's Market in Monticello, not to mention many other places. For the full list of places that you can register to win, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Two sweet tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. Ticket giveaway brought to you by First South Farm Credit King's Daughters Medical Center Jumpstart Test Prep and Toyota of Brookhaven. One thing that we have not talked about this afternoon is uh, basketball this weekend. Ole Miss and South Carolina tomorrow at noon at the uh, Pavilion. Rebels trying to make it two in a row after their win against Georgia on the road on, um, ooh, what was it? It was Wednesday night, I think. Tuesday night. Tuesday, it was Tuesday night. Yeah. And uh, Mississippi State in Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks at Bud Walton, 5 o'clock tip-off. Uh, hey, Dad, tough ticket tomorrow night. Cheapest ticket to get I'm in sure. the door, $113. In a 19,000-seat arena.
2: That's going to be a good crowd, good atmosphere. Uh, we'll see what happens. If you'd like a little piece of betting advice, take the under.
3: You like the under? Don't I always the like the under. Is, you just like I don't even need to know what it is.
2: Just whatever it is. I'll take the under.
3: That is not however the most expensive ticket in the SEC tomorrow. That happens on the plains. Auburn and Alabama. Auburn having lost four of their last five. Alabama 11-0 in the SEC. Get in the door price tomorrow at Neville Arena $218. Basketball's college game day will be there tomorrow. They've got students camping out outside of the arena. That started yesterday or last night, I think. They are uh, they're pretty jazzed up about it. Be a great atmosphere. Is this one of those where Auburn just yeah. feeds off the crowd and hands Alabama its first loss? Some basketball games happen sometimes.
2: Yeah. Alabama's playing so well, though. I just, I just don't want to bet against
3: them right now. Did your voice just leave you, Borky? It's been leaving me for a while. Yeah, Man, I've been fighting this stuff for almost two weeks now, and it's almost gone, I hope. Just the congestion and all that time of year. It's cold and it's hot, and it's cold and it's hot, and you get stuff trying to bloom and in the air. Kentucky at Georgia at 11 on ESPN, South Carolina Ole Miss noon SEC Network, 1 o'clock on ESPN, Alabama and Auburn. Vandy in Florida is at 2.30, SEC Network, 5 o'clock, Missouri-Tennessee, SEC Network, 5 o'clock on ESPNU, Mississippi State and Arkansas, Texas A&M and LSU at 7.30. told you I'd find out who was doing the game. Uh, Dane Bradshaw is the analyst. Michael Eaves is the play-by-play person. Sports center anchor Michael Eaves. So, I don't know if I've ever seen him do a game before. It'll be a little different, I suppose. Or maybe great. Super Bowl Who you got Chiefs or Eagles Eagles And the over Chiefs Okay More Bulldogs on the Chiefs So you're cheering for them
2: It's the same number isn't it Is it the same Yeah I just I like the experience of Mahomes In the big game
3: So what Willie Gay Chris Jones With the Chiefs And Fletcher Cox Mm. And uh, Darius Slay there you slay with the Eagles. Yeah. Of course, you got AJ Brown on the Eagles. That does anything for you? Quez Watkins, good well. player. Quez Watkins, another yeah. miss player on the Eagles. That's nine cool. Mississippians in the Super Bowl, and not nine guys that went to college here. I mean, nine guys that prepped here. And Richard, you were off this day, but it is tied for the most in America with Texas only. Wow, at nine, it's pretty pretty crazy, isn't it? It's awesome. And don't forget about the field paint. Yeah. True. Our friends in Leland, right? Leland, world-class. Yeah, world-class in Leland. Did the paint and the stencils and all that stuff. And then uh, a nation-leading nine Mississippi players are going to be in the game. And that doesn't count Slay, for example, who prepped in Georgia, I believe. Right, Georgia?
2: That's correct. Yep. Maybe Yeah.
3: So... It's even more than nine if you really want to get technical, players with ties here. It's pretty good. It's going to be a fun weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the basketball. Last weekend without college baseball, maybe get a little family time in, a little grill time, and we will reconvene right here at 3 o'clock on Monday afternoon. For Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios, I'm Richard Cross. Have a great weekend.